It's the end of the third week in Advent, and right about this time, I start thinking about all the people who get lonely at Christmas. It's true. This holiday reminds us of family, of our childhood, and many people don't have that or have issues to reconcile or a past that they would rather not remember. Christmas brings all that to the forefront. I read the other day that passage from Isaiah where it says that God will bind up all our wounds. And over and over this liturgical season, we hear about God coming to save his people, to bring not just peace, but justice. How many of us are waiting for justice and for our wounds to be bound? There's a story that I read with my kids for Advent called Jotham's Journey by Arnold Etriide. In the book, Jotham gets lost and a family takes him in. The father of the family says that they are waiting for the Messiah to seek and save the lost, and so they too must help the lost. And so they take Jotham in. I'd really like that. If we are waiting for the Messiah to bind up our wounds and save us, to bring peace and justice, then, as we wait, we too are called to bind up each other's wounds and help each other, bring peace and act justly. That makes sense. And at Christmas, we are reminded of this God who comes, this God who is God with us, Emmanuel. It's a strong message of love. Maybe that's why people feel lonely at Christmas, even people who don't believe in God, because at Christmas time, we are reminded of what real love is. And many of us have never experienced that. But we can. And while we wait, we are called to show that love to each other. And so there shouldn't be any lonely people this Christmas because we too are sent to seek and save the lost. Imagine if we all did that. Wouldn't that be an awesome Christmas? I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and sitting here with me is trusty... Krista Matrenko. It's like you're the sidekick, but that's not it. Don't want people to think that you're the sidekick. Yeah, I'm not here all the time during the radio <laughs> broadcast. If you imagine that I'm just kind of sitting here quietly, no. In the corner, no. He's no. just sitting here with me right now mm-hmm. because we're going to go into our news uh, segment. Um, well, why don't we just tell us our news headlines? <laughs> since you Well, there's signs of Christmas coming to the Vatican, and so uh, we'll be talking a little bit about those, as well as, I think, one of the most underreported trends in the Vatican this fall and winter, and, and I predict will continue into the new year. And also, uh, there's a Canadian connection to this apostolic visitation, uh, of Ireland. There's a few apostolic mm-hmm. visitations going on. And so we're going to talk about a prayer service that happened. Well, in uh, you have me intrigued with the underreported events. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Mary Rose is going to be with us in a little bit. She's standing by. She has a special report uh, from Montreal. Um, and now, Chris, do you ever go to the theater around Christmas time? Do you have that tradition where you go to see a play or or uh, a nativity story or anything like that? Not really. Only if I generally get free tickets through <laughs> work. I'll be honest. Okay, but you know, a lot of people, this is a time of the year, and one of the things that they do is they go to see the Christmas pantomime or the Nutcracker Ballet. Um, and I think that... Christmas at least pantomime? Really? 
in Toronto every year there's a Christmas pantomime, the oh. Ross Petty Christmas pantomime, mm. but it's not a Christmas show. Anyway, it's theater for the holidays. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I came across this amazing new Christmas show. It's called 2000 Candles. Oh, I went to it last year. It's amazing. Yeah, it was oh, really, great. really good. So there you go. So I'm going to be yeah. speaking to the director, Tom Carson, today. Um, it's really it's really great. They actually have managed to take the show to Alberta and other provinces. So Tom Carson's going to be here. We're going to talk about Christmas theater and, of course, about 2,000 Candles. And uh, our featured artist this week is Maggie Wong. Do you know who she is? No, I don't. So Maggie Wong. Do you recognize that? So David Wong. Oh, is okay. David Wong from okay, Critical so Mass. Maggie, yes. So Maggie is um, the daughter. Um, so... She's got an amazing voice. She's her very first album. Uh, It's a Christmas album, and uh, I don't think it's too soon to play uh, some Christmas music. So here is Mags, that's she goes as, Mags with In the Bleak Midwinter. In the bleak midwinter, frosty That was Maggie Wong with In the Bleak Midwinter from her very first album, Dreaming of Christmas. And we're going to be hearing from Mags in our second half hour. And Lawrence is standing by with our Saint of the Week. But before that, Chris is still here with our news. Yes, Pedro, we're seeing some signs, more signs of Christmas 
at the Vatican, the pilgrims who came for the Wednesday general audience this week, they saw a Mexican nativity scene in Paul VI Hall. Nice. There's normally a nativity scene in St. Peter's Square. However, when it gets colder, the general audience, the Pope's weekly meeting with pilgrims, gets moved indoors into Paul VI Hall. And there are also alpine pipers called the Zamponiari, saying of the coming of Christmas. So some traditional singers. And it was at the general audience that the Pope continued this series that I think really hasn't been uh, very much reported, which I think is, is really quite significant. And the Pope has been doing a series of catechesis on great women of the church since since the fall. And uh, people tend to take notice of the different um, either social issues or or if there's a natural disaster, usually the Holy Father will, will mention it or, or a situation of war. He'll talk about it at the general audience in remarks. Um, now, usually his catechesis you know, might have something to do with saints, and people might pass over that. Whereas it, it's, it's quite significant that he's doing this series on great women of the church, uh, because he's using these, these examples as, as signs of you know, who, who women today can aspire to be. People talk about John Paul II as having provided that that example through his letter to women. And I think this is another way that that uh, this pope is doing that. This this recent example he gave was Saint Veronica, who was a, a Capuchin poor Clare who was born 350 years ago this month. So sometimes he finds occasions to to bring up a particular saint, and uh, she actually. Uh, had profound mystical experiences such as a, a crowning of thorns and, and the stigmata. And uh, her passional, passionate mystical experience, uh, said the Pope, can, can be summed up in the words she spoke on her deathbed, which was, I have found love. Hmm. Now, going to, we talked about the nativity scene from Mexico. Well, yes. going to Mexico, uh, a Mexican cardinal has said that even drug cartels need to be respecting uh, the holidays that are that are being observed there. Uh, on, s on this past Sunday, which was the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, armed men intruded on a celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and 10 people were killed. 10 more were murdered days earlier in a nearby city. Again, religious celebration for Our Lady of Guadalupe, and for the Mexican cardinal, and certainly, you know, Mexicans are used to violence, but, but this has raised an even greater alarm that, that these drug cartels, which, which in, in some cases we've seen that they've used sort of religious symbolism mm -hmm. in terms of their recruiting, in terms of even maybe how they've justified what they're doing, uh, they're showing no, no shame, according to the cardinal, at intruding on religious events. And the cardinal, just to, just to give people an idea of how serious the situation is, uh, and he's, he's Colonel Juan Sandoval from Guadalajara. He's telling his faithful that, that they shouldn't even leave their homes unless necessary. Wow. So it's that serious. Now, turning to Ireland, um, most of our, our listeners know that there's an apostolic visitation underway in Ireland. It's one of three visitations right now. There's one uh, to women religious. There's one to the Legionaries of Christ, and, and I believe also to Regnum Christi. And then there's the third to the Irish Church. And the Archbishop was celebrating a penitential prayer service in Tuum. And uh, he acknowledged the hurt and the shame at the hands of those who should be most trustworthy. This is the Archbishop Terence Prendergast of Ottawa, who is one of the visitators, they're, they're called. 
Now he's comparing the church leaders today to the apostles. I thought that was interesting, his comparison, because many people feel let down by their church leaders. And uh, Archbishop Prendergast says that Jesus had many reasons to reject his chosen apostles, but he did not. And so the implication is that the faithful shouldn't reject the apostles, the bishops, in the same way. And uh, he concludes by saying that the church needs to start a new way of living its mission by making every effort to heal victims of abuse, then assuming responsibility for sins committed and begging forgiveness. And it does seem that the Irish church is following that path. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for those stories. Uh, I know that we're going to hear more about the visitations as they develop. Uh, Chris Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer, if you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio in a little bit is Mary Rose with our diocesan update. But before that, our Saint of the Week with Lawrence. Hey, Pedro. All right. On Tuesday, December 21st, we have a saint, St. Peter Canisius. St. Peter Canisius. Now, he's not, maybe not the most well-known saint. No, not at all. But he's still a doctor of the church. He is a, I've heard of his name. I didn't know he was a doctor of the church. Yeah, so he was born in 1521 in Germany. Uh-huh. And he met one of the first companions of St. Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits. Uh-huh. And so he went through St. Ignatius' spiritual exercises and he joined the Jesuits. Okay, so he's a Jesuit. Yeah, and so at this time, um, in the uh, middle 16th century, we had the Council of Trent. Right. And that was also right after the Reformation with Martin Luther and his 95 Theses. Yep. Yep. Um, And so at age 28, he was called to Rome. He made his final professions with the Jesuits. And it was there that he was appointed um, professor of theology to a Roman or to a German university. Okay. Soon he was the rector of of that university. And then he was sent by King Ferdinand of the Romans to the University of Vienna. Um, and he also, the king, was uh, well pleased with St. Peter, so he wanted to make him an archbishop. But Peter refused. I'm um, not sure why. Right. But he he stayed in that diocese for uh, f- the following year. Okay. And um, he was also ordered by King Ferdinand to write a catechism in response to Luther and, and the Reformation uh, movement. And so in 1555, his... First, the first catechism was pr- was um, written. Not the first. Not the official catechism. No, not an official catechism, but a catechism nonetheless. Okay. Um, a very significant one. Uh-huh. Um, and it had great success. And then sooner, soon later, he wrote two shorter versions: one for middle school students and one for younger children. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, also in fifteen sixty-five, so ten years later, there was uh, a bit of a an issue between Pope Pius IV and the Emperor, and um, Peter, St. Peter Canisius, was asked to intercede and heal that relationship. And okay. So it was through that and through his involvement in the Council of Trent that he was asked by the Pope to promulgate the decrees of the Council in Germany. Right. So now, um, other people had been sent before from Rome um, into into Europe, but the Protestants were fairly uh, hostile, uh-huh. and so they would um, rob the rob the 
the envoys of their documents. Okay. So it wasn't, it was a very hostile situation for mm -hmm. him to go into, mm -hmm. but because of his past in the universities, he really had trust with some of the, some of the Protestant reformers. Right. So he didn't have any problems. And um, then, you know, I also keep in mind this time, we don't have DVDs, USB, we don't have ways of of uh, transporting large documents. So he had to carry like everything, all the like papers. huge documents, and this was for all of Europe. So right. he would go around huh. with tons of books. Right. And it's not, you can't really be sneaky. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. sneak exactly. by the, the Protestant reformers. Exactly. And uh, then in 1597, at um, age 76, he died. Mm. And as I said, he was a doctor of the church. So I guess to put it into, into context, doctor of the church, there's only 33 official doctors of the church out of, they say, over 10,000 saints. So okay. it's a significant yes. um, title. Mm -hmm. And it's usually given to people based on their writings and the benefit that the church has had through their writings. And nice. usually given after canonization. But in St. Peter's case, it was given at the same time, which is significant. Neat. Okay, well, thank you very much. That's all new information, at least for me. Peter, St. Peter Canisius. Feast day, Tuesday, December the 21st. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Lawrence Foucault, our saint expert. He's also our Salt and Light TV programming assistant. So he's going to be back in about 10 minutes with our TV programming highlights for the Christmas season. So stay tuned. I'm John Dawson, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. Salt and Light Radio is also a podcast and can, can be downloaded at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and on iTunes. Now, in the second half of our program, we'll be speaking with Maggie Wong about her first, very first album, Dreaming of Christmas. But here now is Mary Rose. Thank you, Pedro. So events happening before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Here we go. So the, in, in the Archdiocese of Vancouver, they're presenting a course on Theology of the Body for 11 Wednesdays. This is for next year, though, from January 2nd to March 30th. And Father Alan Boisclair will elaborate on God's original design for us as men and women uh -huh. using John Paul's Theology of the Body. And this will take place at St. Andrew's Parish in Vancouver from 7 to 9.15 p.m. on those 11 Wednesdays. The cost is $50. Textbook is included, which is entitled Men and Women. He created them at Theology of the Body. So register before January 7th and visit rcav.org slash TOB for more info. Mm -hmm. And in the Archdiocese of Regina, on Tuesday, December 21st, take some time for Jesus by going to an Advent candlelight service, mass, and scriptural rosary organized by the Archdiocese of Regina. Starting at 7 p.m. at St. Cecilia Church, there will be a procession with the icon of the Blessed Virgin, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and more. So check the Regina Archdiocesan website for more information. And something for Pedro, since he's oh. he loves pro-life uh, issues. Yes. On Tuesday, December 28th, the Archdiocese of Toronto is organizing a Mass for the Unborn. And can you guess why they, choose, they chose that date? Because it's the day of... Holy Innocence? Oh, perfect. No. Yeah, so is smart. it? Okay, it good. Is. So it's appropriate on that date <laughs> that the Archdiocese celebrates a special Mass at St. Michael's Cathedral in Toronto at 5.30 p.m. The main celebrant is Father Edward McGovern. Oh. Go to the Toronto Archdiocesan website for details. And on Sunday, December 19th, the Diocese of Charlottetown and PEI will be holding a Christmas candlelight service. 
That's from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at Holy Redeemer in Charlottetown. The evening will feature an 80-person choir and full orchestra performing a number of traditional and contemporary Christmas selections combined with Christmas readings. The evening is dedicated to you from the diocese, and so there is no admission. No collections will be taken. Very nice. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, lots happening during the Christmas season. Um, Mary Rose Bacani, our diocesan events specialist, she will be right back with news from Montreal, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Janelle, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 or XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Salt and Light is also on Facebook, and check us out. Become a fan. You can also find us on Twitter, Salt and Light TV. Again, Lawrence is standing by to come in with our TV programming highlights for the Christmas season. But first, Mary Rose is still here. Some news from Montreal. Yes, thank you, Pedro. So as everybody knows, uh, we've just come to an end of our canonization celebrations for St. Andre Montreal. Yes. That's kept us busy the second half of the year. Um, although there will be a tour of his relics next year. Mm -hmm. But there are still exciting events happening in Montreal, and we'll talk about two of them. So I spoke with Youth Ministry Director Isabel Correa from the Archdiocese of Montreal a few days ago about what's happening there. So Isabel, your team is busy this Christmas with university students from across Canada. Why are they coming to Montreal? Well, they're coming from December 28th to uh, January 1st for the CCO National Conference Rise Up uh, uh, which is being held right here in Montreal this year. Now, what's that about? Well, it's a series of conferences, uh, speakers that are coming, like Tom Rasika, uh, Bishop uh, Gerald uh, Lacroix, uh, Father Frederick uh, Vescher, and Bishop Paul-André uh, Durachet will be here, along with a whole series of other uh, different conferences, either on um, on topics that are of interest to young people, like uh, there's a men's session, there's uh, things on life after conversion, Cardinal Henry Newman and his story, women's session, theology of the body, uh, faith in the field, and, and uh, charisms of the... I mean, to name just a few, there's a whole bunch of, of topics that would be of interest to uh, young people, and they come. Uh, this is an alternative uh, to spending uh, Christmas uh, back home. Mm -hmm. they, they come and they fill up uh, on their faith uh, during a, a school break. Now, after the school break, you're busy again with Christopher West being part of your month of January. So what are your plans? Boy, for that, <laughs> we are so excited. We are extremely excited because this is the first time Christopher West will be coming to Montreal. And we are very happy to be able to offer uh, bilingual simultaneous translation. So it'll be uh, also available in, in French. We're having events on uh, the Thursday at McGill University. Thursday, January 20th, okay. will be a, uh, a talk on uh, at uh, McGill University. On the 21st, they'll be proclaiming the Theology of the Body a presentation for uh, clergy, seminarians, religious consecrated life, and pastoral workers. On the uh, 21st, uh, there'll be a prayer and worship evening with a talk by Christopher West uh, called The Gift, Your Call to Greatness. And on January 22nd to the 23rd, there'll be an introduction to the theology of the body, discovering the master plan for life, uh, and that'll be uh, at uh, Loyola High School, and we are hopefully awaiting uh, um, about 300 people. We're on the way there because registrations are, are, are coming in rather quickly, so we're very, very excited about this. 
Wow, that sounds exciting. That's a great year wrap-up and a great beginning to 2011 for you, Isabel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. That was Isabel Correa, Youth Ministry Director for the Archdiocese of Montreal. To find out more about Rise Up in Montreal and Theology of the Body with Christopher West in January, go to their website, diocesemontreal.org. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, plug in for Rise Up. That's a great event. Um, uh, remember, all of you, let us know what's happening in your diocese. Just send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. This is Dave Wong from Critical Mass. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 and XM 117. Our blog is saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro, and back with me now is Lawrence with our programming update. All right, so Pedro... As you know, we're going on Christmas break, so yes. I'm going to give you highlights for a couple weeks. Okay, excellent. Um, up to January the 6th. So we have Thursday, December the 23rd. That's next week. We have a new openings, R- Rosanna Reverso. Right, yeah. At 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Yeah, it's nice when you, wanna, when you show programs of Salt and Light Radio guests. Rosanna was a featured artist a couple weeks ago. She's a b- beautiful singer, beautiful voice. Uh, classically trained, but also does a lot of contemporary music. Yeah. It's an excellent concert for peace that we uh, recorded here in Toronto. So that's openings, uh, Rosanna Reverse. So Thursday, December 23rd, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. And we also have, as is our custom, the live Midnight Mass mm-hmm. from Rome with the Holy Father. Right. On Friday, December 24th. That's going to be live at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. That's 1 p.m. Pacific. Mm -hmm. It's also going to be rebroadcast in the evening at 11 p.m. Eastern and also at 3.30 a.m. Eastern. That is, that would be the the 25th of December. Right. In the morning. Right. So you can watch it live at 4 p.m. or as midnight approaches, 11 p.m. or 3.30 in the morning, the next morning. Those are all Eastern times, right? That's right. And uh, Tuesday, December 28th, we have a new concert, St. Joseph's Carol Service, mm-hmm. and you were the producer of that. That's right, and we this was uh, recorded in Edmonton at St. Joseph's Basilica. Uh, the uh, Again, beautiful evening of hymns and readings uh, uh, for the Advent and Christmas season with this amazing choir, the Greenwood Singers from Edmonton, recorded at St. Joseph's Basilica, right. as I said. A wonderful concert, great little uh, moment to uh, to pray. Yeah, and that's Tuesday, December 28th. 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Mm-hmm. We also have a, another new openings, part one of two, uh, John Michael Talbot. Yeah, and I, I, I think uh, all our listeners are very familiar with John Michael Talbot. Yeah. He's uh, certainly been on this program a few times. John Michael Talbot, the most successful Catholic uh, recording artist in the world. Yeah. Um, this is a wonderful, again, evening of uh, singing and praying uh, with John Michael Talbot. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, January 4th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Okay, and that's part one, so there's a part two coming there later. There is, yeah. and uh, if uh, you can't get part um, part one on Tuesday, January 4th, it will be rebroadcast during prime time later in the on in the week, so, okay. just, check our so just check our, our, our listing at saltandlighttv.org. Yeah. And then Thursday, January 6th, we have the feast day of um, St. Andre Bisset, oh. who was recently canonized. It's coming. And we have our documentary, God's Doorkeeper, that we will air that day, January 6th, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Nice. So new saint, first Canadian, uh, male Canadian-born saint, St. Right. Andre of Montreal, and his feast day, first time ever, January 6th. And so you can watch the uh, the documentary, God's Doorkeeper, on January 6th. 
8.30 p.m.? 8.30 p.m. Eastern. 9.30 and 9.30 Pacific. Pacific. Okay, so that's great. That's a, the few, mo lots of music for Christmas. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, thank you, Lawrence. Um, and a reminder to all our listeners, if you are outside our TV broadcasting area, no fear, because you can watch all our programs streaming, streaming live on our website, saltandlighttv.org. Now, coming in our second half, uh, theater director Tom Carson is going to be uh, with us to tell us about his new Christmas show, 2,000 Candles. So don't go anywhere. Go. This is Dave Wong from Critical Mass, and you're listening to Sultan Wright Sultan Wright Radio. <laughs> 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 slipped into Asian mode there. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. Because you, you, you're just all about stardom Oops. and fame. You're listening and to Salt and Light Radio, Series 159 XM. No, so you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. On the Catholic Channel. Holy smokes. Okay. Go. This is Dave Wong from Critical Mass. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 on, and XM 117. <laughs> okay, dude. Ma Mags did one take, so how about you do another one? Okay. And do it, is Sirius 159, XM 117 fine? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yep. Okay. So 159 and XM 117. Uh, let me know when you're ready. Ready. Go. This is Dave Wong from Critical Mass. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 and XM 117. Perfect. There you go. You got it. Okay. Nice. Do you have a Christmas tradition to go to the theater? Or do you look forward to that nativity play every year? Or are you fed up that all the shows at Christmas time seem to be the same? Well, do not despair. I recently found out about a new show called 2000 Candles. And it turns out that the director is someone who went to theater school with me over 20 years ago. I don't want to give it away, but 2000 Candles is, well... It's different. It's contemporary. It's hip, evocative. It's just a fun show. It's a series of vignettes that take the audience on a journey through Christmas celebrations and traditions on a quest to find the true meaning of Christmas. It's, it's a wonderful professional production, certainly not your typical church show. More importantly, it is meaningful and entertaining. More importantly, it's meaningful and entertaining. There. I hope I didn't give too much away. Anyway, the director of the show, Tom Carson, joins me now on the phone from Calgary. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Tom. Thank you so much, Pedro. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I hope I didn't uh, give out too, too much of the show here. Um, so maybe you can fill in some of the blanks. Tell us, tell us about the show. Well, um, we, uh, we first built the show in, in 2000, um, uh -huh. actually, and, and the idea was to kind of create a show that, that would reflect 2,000 years of Christmas. And so I think when we, when we started out, we might have imagined a show that had, you know, traditional carols, um, you know, some traditional kiss Christmas stories, some things like that um, in kind of a, kind of a maybe, maybe a cabaret setting would be the way, to, to right. say that, okay. the way that we thought of it. But what happened is when, when we all got together, and uh, the artists who 
um, the, the actors, performers, mm-hmm. the uh, music director as well, we realized that the Christmas experience for each of us was very different. Right. We all had we all had personal traditions. We had family traditions. Um, you know, one person said it's it's not Christmas if we don't open the stockings first or right. whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone has their own idea of what makes a Christmas tradition or a Christmas morning. Yeah, uh, the way it should be. And and as Christians, you know, we we are always mindful of spiritually um, what we're doing at Christmas time and and in terms of actually celebrating the birth of Christ and, and what that means for mm-hmm. us. Um, so, you know, when we got together and we started creating the show, we realized that it had to go a lot deeper than singing some carols and kind of, um, you know, just skimming the surface of, of what we do at Christmas time. We had to get into it, you know. We, we had to talk about uh, the things that also make us angry around Christmas, like yeah. the, the consumerism, you know, the kind of how... Uh, a lot of the traditions that we have actually aren't rooted in our faith at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we kind of do all this crazy stuff at Christmas time, and and somehow we're linking it to to the birth of Christ, but but it, it doesn't really belong there. It, it, it shouldn't be linked in a way, and sort of yeah. that confusion where it's like, you know, we don't want to throw away all of these traditions that we bring us closer to family, that, that have all these these sort of wonderful spin-off too. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, we really don't want to confuse our our faith or even sometimes our disappointment in the experience of Christmas with our disappointment or or something um, in our faith journey. So yeah. so it's just it became something a lot deeper, and the show itself is is really I would say at the heart of it. Are the are the people who are in it? It's yeah, really, absolutely. It's really our reflections on on Christmas time, and with that comes all the chaotic, fun kind of. You know, we have this this uh, musical number that's that's all the different carols mashed together. Yeah, like you know, like we just kind of we kind of do this big uh, this big song and dance number of all the carols we could think of. Right, and and at the same time, you know, we have moments uh, we sing we sing a sort of uh, a contemporary version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. um, kind of echoing off of uh, a piece um, that a street person says. And right. it's, it's a beautiful sort of reflective spiritual moment. So we've got, we've got all of that stuff. In yeah, the yeah no, it's, it is. It's, it's quite, uh, it's meaningful. It's the, that's the best word I could, I could come up with. Um, just a note, Tom, for anyone that might be tuning in at this time, uh, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro, and we're speaking with uh, director, theater director Tom Carson, his show 2000 Candles. Um, so 2000, eh? You, that's how far back it goes, and, I, and we just heard about it. Um, would you say that it's, even though the show goes through sort of different traditions and different, uh, different topics that have to do with Christmas at its root, that it's a Christian show? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's... it's um, I, th- I think... What we what we achieve through the course of the show is we peel back the layers right. of of the Christmas experience. So we start off with all the crazy stuff that we do at Christmas time, and embedded in that we have um, kind of an ongoing story of of uh, Mary and Joseph mm-hmm. type of story. 
it's it's not what what you would expect, and I, w- I won't go too much into what it's like. Yeah, but don't give it away. Yeah, ex- except that it's contemporary, and and it's just kind of it's a story that you don't even really realize it's there until towards the end of the show. Yeah. And well. what we do is we peel back all the junk, all the mess that we've made of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. We kind of get rid of that by the end of the show, and it, and the, and really the the moment for me that that defines the show is we we finish the show with the lighting of a single candle, mm. and and that is the birth of Christ for me. It's 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 right. just saying, you know, and that's really where the two thousand candles image comes from. It's, right, it's just that light, that single light. Every year we we come to that light, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's really what the show does, uh, and it, and it's. It's very, you know, I've heard audience members say that it's a centering show. It's a show that brings you back, not just to remember that it's the, the birth of Christ that we're celebrating, but to really make that in your, in your, uh, you know, kind of bring it into you. Yeah, you know, that's true. Really, that's a good way to put really it. It experience is. That it is. Moment. It's yeah. true. I, I, it's, that's a great way to put it. I, I think I, I, w- I can uh, say that I had a similar experience watching it. Um, what do you... What what is it about Christmas that that makes it such a good time for theater? Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, do. yeah. Is it this just that it's a good story, or is it a story that we can all relate to at some level? Or you know it, that God's love. It's it's a, it's an amazing story. It's it's and it and it also has with it everybody's each person's concept of of Christmas. Yeah. Right? Well, so they tag on their their kind of emotional response to Christmas. Even you know, sometimes when we just sing one of the one of the carols, people respond because it means something to them. Yeah, everybody right? has their own emotional yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of emotional stuff around Christmas time. And um, I think I think a big part of that is because it's it's for a lot of people tied to family. Mhm. Um and and kind of you know we were joking um, as we all we're all in the hotel here in Calgary and we're all you know we've got a minivan that we're all driving in and right we all we all have to pile in there to go to lunch together and <laughs> yeah 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 we, we were joking yesterday that it's kind of like our Christmas family you know we, yeah. we it, this show is kind of a, a little microcosm for for the Christmas experience where you know it is that thing of you know you're you're with you're with your family and you kind of you go through those things that drive you crazy, like so and so could never decide what what to have for lunch, and you know you kind of <laughs> you kind of yeah, do, yeah, do all yeah. those things that make you crazy about family. Yeah, um, and you kind of you know you you look beyond that to um, to what's amazing about Christmas, and and that's just the fact that we do make time. You know, if 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 we can, if it's possible in your in, in our busy lives, Christmas is really a really great excuse to um, to make time for family so i think that's another reason why um you know uh christmas makes such a good that's good yeah yeah that's right now just briefly you're in calgary now so where else is the show going before i guess before christmas because you don't have a lot of time left we're in calgary um until saturday Uh and and then we're in lethbridge on sunday night okay and then we're back in toronto for a final show on the 23rd of december uh uh, in uh, uh, Western area. Okay, well that's that's good to know. So there's a few a few shows left. If people who are in Calgary or in in Lethbridge, Alberta, or anywhere near there, and they can drive 
or in Toronto, I guess they should go to the website 2000candles.com and that's where they can find out where the performances are or or I guess Absolutely. if is, this, is there still time if people wanted to bring the show to their parish? Maybe well, maybe it, after it, Christmas? Yeah, well, we're we're um we we've been doing this for um a few years. Yeah. And 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 we're doing it next year too. So Excellent. Um, you know, if people if people see the show and they would would like to have it come to their uh, to their parish uh uh next year we're we're already starting to uh, Excellent. And 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 yeah. if my if my vote counts, thumbs up from Pedro at Salt and Light Radio. Um, awesome. It's an excellent show. So thank you, Tom Carson, Theater Director Supreme. Um, nice to talk to you, my friend. Oh, great to talk to you too, Pedro. Okay, great. So we'll uh, we'll stay in touch. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. You too. So again, for for more information and to find out performance locations or to bring two thousand candles to your parish. For next year, visit the website 2000. That's the number 2000candles, 2000candles.com. And here now is Mags with How Many Kings? Follow the star to a place unexpected. Would you believe after all we've projected? A child in a manger. Small, the weakest of all, unlikeliest hero wrapped in his mother's shawl. Just a child, is this who we've waited for? Cause how many kings step down from their thrones, and how many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the Whether costly or because we believe gold for his honor and frankincense for his pleasure and mirth for the cross he'll suffer. Do you believe? Is this who we've waited for? Cause how many kings step down from their thrones? have abandoned their homes how many greats have become the least for me and how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart how many fathers gave up their sons
That was our featured artist of the week, Mags, with How Many Kings. Now, it's so refreshing to hear a new voice and find new talent. And now, Maggie Wong is not entirely new. She's grown up in the Wong family with her dad, David Wong, frontman and singer of the Canadian Catholic rock band Critical Mass. I'm sure she hates that I'm saying that, but there, I've gotten it out, and I'm not going to mention it again. She's proven to be an excellent artist in her own right. And I'm so happy to welcome Mags to Salt and Light Radio. Hi there. Okay, so I lied because I actually do want to ask you a little bit <laughs> about growing up in the Wong household. You have nine brothers and sisters. Uh, well, eight. I'm one of nine. Oh, sorry. Okay. So no, that's okay. Okay, so there's, there's nine brothers and sisters in total. Um, yep. your, your dad is a singer-songwriter, music critic. Mm-hmm. Your mom also sang with the original Critical Mass group. Way back when you were probably alive in those days. Yep, I, I definitely was. <laughs> so that that has to have had an impact on you and your your siblings, no? Oh yeah, like we'd always go, uh, we'd go to the band practices and you know sit and play in the basement um, <laughs> and stuff like that. Go swimming and in, in uh, some of his band members' um, pools. pools and yeah. stuff. So uh, we grew up around kind of musical stuff and always seeing him recording and and stuff. I was in a few of his albums. Right. Uh, just kind of background vocals. But yeah, so it definitely did impact us. Like we've grown up in like uh, seeing all the Christian ministry going on. And so yeah, we definitely have right. been influenced by did his you, music. Did you, were, were you forced to take music lessons or anything like that? Was that oh, part of the routine? Nope. I've never taken singing lessons. Really? In my life. Actually, no, wait, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> I did play piano, but okay. I but you're not doing vocal lessons. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Now, and uh, and again, I mean, I, I know your family, so I think I know the answer, but your faith, so have you always been, I mean, you're 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, you always been strong in your faith? I hope your parents aren't there listening, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> or, or, or uh, I know that you're growing up in a religious household, but. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely, um, it's kind of a go big or go home for me. <laughs> really? So, yeah, no, I'm like full-fledged like yes awesome you know yeah like i definitely don't hold my opinion back and unfortunately i'm not very tactful and you know talking about um about faith issues well yeah sometimes i'm a little bit blunt and harsh but that's just kind of <laughs> kind of who i am but you mean like yeah. with your, your friends like if they are like pro-choice or something that kind of yeah, thing. yeah no definitely fight them but i've been blessed with amazing amazing friends um almara is you know a big christian community okay so this is where you live in almara ontario yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and so uh it's this 
small little town, and we like I go to a public school, but really, it, it it's very Christian, right? So I don't even have too many problems with that, and I'm very fortunate to have so many good Christian friends. So uh, they definitely helped me out too. Did you choose to go? Did you you choose to go to the public school, or or is that the best school, or? Um, well, it's uh, it's kind of like across the street. <laughs> okay, so it's just convenient. <laughs> so yes, that that kind of decided that. For me. I thought you guys, I thought you guys were homeschooled. Were you um, homeschooled? No. Okay, uh, you we never were homeschooled. Um, I was homeschooled until grade eight, and then for high school. Okay, so like you I just go to regular. Nice, school. nice, and uh, cool. Just a note for anyone that might be tuning in at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host Pedro Guevara. Man, we're speaking with Mags, new Canadian Catholic artist. Maggie Wong. Um, so, have you been singing all your life? Um, no, I only started singing in grade nine, so like two years ago now. You mean like okay, but I mean like like not even singing in the shower. Um, like I would try, but it really I didn't put too much effort into it. And then um, grade nine, I just started doing assemblies. Like yeah, of course I'd you know sing along to to CDs and stuff. Right. Um, but I really wasn't too confident in anything that I could do or any. So in grade nine, you yeah. have the, sorry. In grade nine, you started doing it publicly. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so did your voice change? Did you all of a sudden realize, oh my God, I have a great voice, or everybody went like, oh my God? <laughs> um, I'm not sure what happened. Like <laughs> it was just kind of. I don't know. Like I was, always, I was like really afraid I was tone deaf. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, you you're see not American Idol, and yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. like screeching and you're like why can't they hear themselves yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah, yeah. i don't know but um i guess once i started singing and got some positive feedback i was like hey if i'm tone deaf it whatever right i guess like if you're if you want to be a singer you just kind of have to have a attitude that you don't get humiliated easily and yeah. so I just went for it right so yeah and when did you the idea to record I mean, I, I'm sure that your dad had something to do with that, but did that? Did you like, hey, I would like to record, or when did you decide to do the album? Um, well, like, I decided to do the album. Like, we, we were planning it in, in advance and stuff, uh -huh. and we just got it to together, I think it was mid-November, so it was really fast recording yeah. and stuff. And so it was, uh, I don't know, it just kind of, fell together you know like i wasn't like oh like i have an idea let's do a christmas but did project you, or okay anything. so it, so did you yeah i was going to ask you that why a christmas album and not something else um well i am working on something else right now yeah that's going to be my next question <laughs> yeah i am working on something else right now but um i don't know because uh, i didn't know that i could do like sing jazz music it, yeah before you can. so i just nice like maybe three months ago i was like I don't know, my dad and I were just in the living room, and he's like, oh, like, uh, could you try to sing this? And it was some, you know, Christmas carols, and hmm. and then, you know, praise God, then I was able to figure out that I could sing jazz, so... Do you, do you listen to jazz? No, I, I've never listened to a jazz oh album gosh. in my life. Wow. You yeah, the, so I yeah. know it's, it's bad of me to do that. You have that. the perfect voice. Um, how did you pick the songs? Like, so you decided to go with the Christmas album, and then, mm -hmm. you know, you sort um, of picked some songs that you like? We picked some traditional ones. Like, we have Silent Night and yeah. In the Bleak Midwinter. Yeah. Um, but we picked some some that were kind of new, like uh, by Down Here, How Many Kings. I'm not sure if yes. you've ever heard of that. I, so I have, but it's a new song for a lot of people. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah, song. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, we just kind of went through and 
you know, saw which songs were were fitting for it. Like, I'm pretty sure we had an idea of what we were going for beforehand, so yeah. it wasn't that hard. Okay, good. Songs. Now, do you do you do any of your own writing? Um, yeah. Okay. For the other um, album I'm working on right now, I, I've written all the songs, or wrote all the songs. Okay, so nice. So tell us a little bit more about, uh, can you tell us a bit about this new <laughs> album? Is it a surprise? Um, yeah, like, it's very, it's very, you know, not, it, it hasn't progressed too much. Like, it, it is, um, it's for sure not just an idea anymore. Like, it's materializing, but, um, I don't know, it's, it's, Okay, so it's hard to say anything too much about it because really I don't have too much of a grasp on what's going on right now. Like okay. I've wrote a lot of songs and I've come up with a lot of melodies, but it's all pretty much in the in the baby stages. Okay, so tell me something. So because you've written the songs, so what what's your theme? Like, are you writing songs about just anything, or are they religious um, songs? No, it's more. Um, it's more. As again, I <laughs> I'm a little bit blunt when I'm trying to, yeah, you know, just say all my Christian values all in one fell swoop. But yeah. uh, it's a lot of it's Christian, but it's not kind of um, not like praise and worship. It's not, yeah, it's not praise and worship. Um, it's kind of one of those uh, songs or one of those albums where it's it's suggested. Yeah. But it's not right out there. So then, even like um, anyone who likes secular music can listen to it too. You know, it's a right. little bit more open. Right. Um, and the theme, but the themes are like, um, why is this world not changing? And um, you know, you gotta stand up and be strong in your faith and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. and that's kind of the theme there. Is it uh, also jazzy or is it different styles? No, it's not jazzy. It's, so it's more um, contemporary. They're going in an Amy Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Type of style of music there, so nice. It's really different, so it's good. It's good. I'm looking forward to he- you. Make sure that we, I'm the first one to hear about this, <laughs> so we can have you back on the program. We can uh, uh, play some of the music uh, <laughs> when it comes out. Seriously, I'm serious. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Mags, Maggie Wong. It's been great uh, talking to you, meeting you officially, and it's been Thank it's you. been wonderful listening to your to your music. I'm seriously, this is like the Christmas album for me this year. Oh, thank Absolutely. you so much. Great. So um, Maggie Wong, also she's known as Mags. Um, she doesn't have her own website yet, but if people want to purchase the, the album, it's easy to download from iTunes. Just do a search Mags, M-A-G-S. Uh, the title of the album is um, Dreaming of Christmas. And uh, there you go. Download it from iTunes. Um, here now, uh, Mags mentioned Silent Night. Well, let's end with Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep. Heavenly peace
Listening to Maggie Wong with Silent Night. And that brings us to the end of this program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to our artists or guests. You can learn all about Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation at saltandlighttv.org. And you can also find us at Facebook and on Twitter. Thank you for listening and for listening with us and being with us throughout the year. Have a blessed Christmas. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.